0: Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Hey, Wingman fans. This episode is brought to you by... Hey, guys. You've heard me talk about my favorite roast from Black Ruffle Coffee being the Just Black. Well, I've also got a favor, another favorite for when I don't have time to brew a pot of coffee... Or I want something a little sweeter, or, or later in the day, and I want a cold coffee, an iced coffee. And that's the ready-to-drink coffees from Black Rifle. I really like the 300 series. I am a caffeine junkie. Probably not good for me. My doctor's probably cringing listening to this right now. But 300 milligrams of caffeine just fuels my fire. Gets me going. Gives me that edge I need to continue on throughout my day at that top level. Plus, man, those 300s just taste so good. There's the there's the rich mocha flavor, there's the vanilla flavor. Both of them are phenomenal. And you could find them all over the place. You know, that's a cool thing about Black Rifle is it's it's getting to be pretty mainstream and even in our little neck of the mountains out here in Wyoming, I can go to the hardware store and get black ruffle coffee. I can go to my grocery store and get black ruffle coffee. I can go to the local gas station and get it when I fill up. Those ready-to-drink cans, man, I walk in, I grab two or three of them, I throw them in a cooler full of ice, and midday, pop one, and I'm ready to go for the rest of the day. And it's it's just that smooth, icy refreshment. Man, it's so good. If you like iced coffee, do yourself a favor and check out Black Rifle Coffee's ready-to-drink coffees in a can. Like I said, you can get them all over the place. You can even order them online. And especially, my my vote is the three hundred series, three hundred milligrams of caffeine. Just if you're an energy drink guy or person, I should say, you're probably consuming a, too much caffeine anyway. So why not take it up a notch anyway and go all the way to three hundred? Just do it. Anyway, Black Rifle Coffee. Thank you for sponsoring today's podcast. And guys check them out you can go online you can order it there you can get a you can get a black rifle coffee membership get decals whatever there's a cool company cool product great group of people and it's veteran owned usa baby check it out BlackRifleCoffee.com. thanks a guy thanks again guys for sponsoring today's episode well hey guys welcome to another episode of the wingman podcast and my guest today is ryan off the grid um ryan what's your full name man because that's all i that's all i think most people probably know you by
1: uh it's ryan bodwin
0: oh cool
1: which is a belgian surname
0: oh okay you got it yeah i know a couple other people with a
1: similar last name and i always wondered how how you pronounce that Mm -hmm. that's cool uh, but a lot of people call me buddha you may see me referred to as that uh, because when i got to boot camp uh in the, the year 2000, I stood on the uh, yellow footprints at uh, MCRD San Diego, and uh, one of my drill instructors walked up and said, asked me how I pronounce my last name, and I said, Bodwin, sir, and he's like, Buddha, and I said, Bodwin, sir, <laughs> and he said, Buddha, I said, Buddha, sir, and he goes, well, you ain't that dumb, are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it uh, pretty hard, so. Well,
0: so for the folks that don't know, um, you are a Marine combat veteran. Yes and thank you for your service Thank very you. much and uh what tell us about yourself man give us a little bit of background for the folks that might not be familiar with your platform and what you do
1: so i grew up in a uh a tourist town in a county called door county which is the peninsula uh in wisconsin that sticks out into the bay of green bay go packers uh, yeah we're just just <laughs> north of lambo there um, <laughs> Pretty typical middle class upbringing, you know, uh, uh, played sports. I really didn't hunt that much because uh, my, my family didn't hunt. Uh, but uh, my father was very supportive of it. You know, I, I bought my first shotgun at 13 years old and I think I bought my first rifle at 15. And like we'd go out there I and mean, he'd come with me and we'd go fail together, which is, uh, I think, has bred success later in life is, is learning seeing what happens and, and, you know, and and learning the animals through failing. Um, You know, I'd I'd hunt with with friends, you know, you get a couple of 16 year old boys together and go roam through a field and shoot every rabbit, squirrel and uh, pheasant that you see. But like, you know, not that that's not hunting. It wasn't like on a level that I'm at now. Um, It was more of a uh, just going out with the boys, you know, but that's very formative to, you know, kind of what I do now uh, taking people and, 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 the camaraderie of hunting, uh, joined the Marine Corps in, uh, November of 99 and, uh, went to boot camp in 2000 spent just shy of seven years in the Marine Corps, uh, with one deployment to Iraq in 2004 and 2005, um, which was kind of the, probably the worst part of the war, um, bloody wise. Uh, we had the yeah. second battle of Fallujah, uh, the u.s election uh, george bush's second election uh the iraqi election and then you throw ramadan in the mix it was a, uh, it was got pretty hot um I bet. but uh, came home from that and that's kind of where my story starts um you know I, I went to college and i did not have a sense of direction i was basically in college to uh i discovered rugby and i was basically going to class to stay eligible um played that for a few years, ended up getting a history degree uh, and a teaching certificate. And I taught in the hood in Milwaukee for a year, which I actually enjoyed. The kids are awesome. Um, The administration and the political machine behind it is not, Um, but I I enjoyed my time there. And then I got an opportunity to take a job with a federal agency. Uh, I mean, nothing, none of the sexy three letter uh, agencies, but it it was a good job uh, paying wise. Uh, but it was an office job and um, that's where i really started struggling uh realized i had issues ptsd wise and once you're in a you know like a nine to five work setting and, and i mean i'm showing up to work but i'm I'm not there mentally yeah um in 2011 still working for the same government job uh, i lost my parents two months apart to cancer uh, my mom died in june of 2011 my dad died in august took once in a day uh just my mom had had cancer before beat it a couple times my dad was out of nowhere and that's like i spiraled out of control um abusing alcohol uh, was starting to not perform at my job and the the changing point the in my life is i was invited on a veterans duck hunt uh a, a friend of mine that i had served with was still on active duty and he's kind of in charge of Uh, events with guys when they get out or guys that are on uh temporary medical they send them home I'm talking guys that are real jacked up physically or mentally uh but you know he would incorporate guys that were you know veteran status with some of these events and he said I know you hunt there's this duck hunt going on you're going I know what's going on in your life (laughs) yeah because honestly I probably would have just sat in my office in, in my house and and drank in, in that weekend instead of uh you know going to this event and i showed up there um not having any idea of what it was going to be like I had, I had shot a few ducks I, I was not a duck hunter and uh ryan boy the guy who started the the event th- this was the second year uh, i showed up at the boat launch and he's like hey you're in my boat and uh w- we went out and i think we shot one duck it, it didn't matter um it, 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 it propelled me into being a duck hunter and it propelled me into like knowing that being outdoors, being with other people outdoors was like the thing that was gonna help me. And uh, that following spring, um, i bought a camera and and it wasn't anything special. It was like a point and shoot. I mean, it was pretty low grade. And I was so into ducks, like when I, Went to this event, I thought everything was a mallard. You know, like, okay, that's a duck. (laughs) And I knew it was like wood ducks, but I had no idea. Bluebills, old school, I had no clue that the diversity of the species. Um, But that became an interest of mine really quickly. And I started piling into the marshes with my waders on, with decoys, and taking pictures of ducks Uh, and, you know, learning the different species and, and observing them and started posting those on social media. And like the feedback I was getting, people were like, you need to like consider looking into doing this. You know, they, they say you can't teach the eye. Right. Um, and, you know, like I'll be walking around taking pictures and people walk up and they'll see my big telephoto lens. They're like, I wish I had your camera so I could take good pictures. And I'm like, yeah, I yeah, just hit click and it does all the work for me. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's automatic, right? <laughs> oh, good grief.
1: But the eye, you know, like how to, you know, the composition of a picture, framing a picture, and, and just knowing where to be, what to do, uh, from a wildlife perspective, like I, I just dove in and like very shortly after I I quit. I walked into work and you know, it was, I was I was gone. Um and you know, my my baby brother called me and he's like, you're throwing away like a hundred and twenty thousand dollar a year job. And I was like, Yeah, because the next time I get on my that elevator, I might blow my head off. Like, that's how yeah. bad that job was, uh, work environment for me. You know, I, I didn't belong in a cubicle. I was just kind of going through the motions. And I bought better equipment and
0: went on the road
1: and started doing just basically wildlife photography. Or, or you know, if I'm driving someplace cool, I'll stop at zoos and practice on mm-hmm. zoo animals. And a uh, uh, acquaintance of mine on social media, I I'd never uh, really him he was just a duck hunter I'm a duck hunter we added each other I mean uh that's kind of how I was starting to build a small network uh he hit me up and he's like hey you know like your photos are awesome I know you're you're a killer like I know you hunt and can get it done I need a cameraman to film do you know how to do that and I was like no no clue but my equipment does it yeah like let's go he's like good because you're filming for pursuit channel now and I was like okay <laughs> 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 Deep end of the pool, splash! Right, right. I mean, just jump right in and uh, you know did that for. I think we did three seasons. Uh, the first season, when I was filming, uh, the guys that I was filming for did a really nice job. Of once we got what we needed, I got to hunt. And you know, especially if you're down in Texas and there's exotics running around, or we're turkey hunting. Once we get what we need from from a content perspective they'd let me go and they'd run the camera and like they're like who's this bearded tatted muscly guy you know like (laughs) they wanted me on camera so i you know i kind of felt filled two roles there uh either filming and and editing or uh being in front of the camera and uh that really kind of took my social media through the roof and uh got it to the point where once I was uh, no longer interested in, in, in dealing with the the ins and outs of, of the network and kind of had my own flavor on things, didn't have to answer to a producer, went off on my own, started a YouTube um, and uh, came full circle and started working with outfitters that I worked with in the past, putting on vet hunts. And then it's to the point now where I have to say no to things. My schedule's insane, but we're putting on probably whether I attend and film it or not, uh, which most of them I try to do, uh, we'll probably put on 30 events a year. Wow.
0: Dude, that is phenomenal. Yeah. You made a post now a week or two ago, turkey season winding down and you were reflecting on the, on your turkey season. And that was one of the things you talked about was, you know, at first you thought maybe, Oh, it wasn't a real successful season. And then you got looking back at, um, the hunts that you did the vets that you took the people that you took and the and the things that happened and you were like this was a phenomenally successful season and that speaks yes. exactly to what you're just talking about there
1: well I mean I it was the the last day of the season I was coming out of the woods we kind of had a hiccup the last week my son got sick my wife was flying to Georgia with the kids to go see your sister and you know I had to take on dad and husband role and yeah. didn't get to go then i got sick and so like for the last four days and the birds were hot here like the last week was unreal um like i, I felt like they were two weeks behind i was super excited for the last <laughs> week because not many people are out there i was seeing you know tom's running around chasing jakes and like the, like the pecking order that should have been established three weeks prior was was hot and heavy so I was they're like, still right, get it, still it, getting after it it's gonna happen i had Tag in two different zones. I had a guy that was supposed to come with me. And then just, you know, life happens. And I got out the last day and I had, even though I was sick, I had watched this bird. And I'm telling you, he had inch and a half spurs. Like he was this old dog. I watched him breed three hens that week. And like he was oblivious to everything. Like he knew what was up and he did, but he he traveled the same path every day. He'd go get his hen. He'd come back to this gap in the fence line. I was like, all right, I'll just sit there. <laughs> he, he wasn't going to respond to calls or decoys or anything. I'm just going to sit and kind of kind of deer hunt them. And of course, the one day I get to hunt, he does the complete opposite. And I'm kind of dejected and I'm, I'm walking down the woods with the sun's going down. I'm just like, wow, this season was terrible because I only punched a couple tags. And and but then, you know, like you said, I was sitting back and all the people I got to take, and, you know, I'm way more excited if I can take someone, especially if they're a first-time hunter or a first-time turkey hunter. Um, and like all the work that you do put it this way you're way less lazy if you're if somebody's depending on you and then if it's your tag it might be like nine o'clock birds aren't working you're like yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get breakfast you know yeah, <laughs> exactly
0: exactly <laughs> oh that is no that you're you're spot on with that man and I, I don't we don't have the opportunity haven't had the opportunity to take a lot of vets or do anything like that we take a lot of kids as many kids as we can um and and do some youth stuff but you're so right when you've got somebody else with you that you're trying to get on animals oh my gosh it's like the, the first of all i think the pressure gets ratcheted up i know i put myself under a ton yep. of pressure yep. and my expectations for the way i want things to go just get through the roof but yeah i work way harder when it's somebody else's tag to mm-hmm. them up time was hunting with my wife she's like would you chill out and just enjoy this and I'm
1: like what do you mean I am <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just funny how that do, works getting to put all your skills together that you you've built and learned uh over the years and and you know and, and do that for someone else and get them hooked and and you know they're asking questions and and you, like you forget what you know half the time like wh- what is you know second nature to you they have no clue like right. it, it, a a guy that uh, actually the entire time was in the Marine Corps in the same platoon and he had gone on a turkey hunt in uh, uh, Tennessee when he lived down there and he moved back up here I told him draw a tag we'll take you and it was like the perfect morning and me and another guy who was a a phenomenal turkey hunter uh, are with him and I'm like you got you got some the meeting of the minds right here we should be able to make this happen and two toms and two hens walked out and they fiddled around in the field. Then they lost their hands. So I was like, oh, this is game. on!" Like both me and the other guy are like, all right, this is happening. And they literally walked like 80 yards around us and like didn't pay attention to anything. Like we we weren't even there. And the guy goes, what happened? And I said, Turkey's doing Turkey things, man. If you can figure it out, let me know.
0: (laughs) That is so true. Oh, my gosh. About the time you think you get it dialed, man, they do something completely and just throw your plans into the wind and oh my gosh it had the same thing happen this year um on the turkey one well the only turkey hunt I actually i ended up going on because of weather and same thing you know, like you said life happened and birds were weird man it was it was like talking to the guys that run this ranch up in montana and they're like oh we got tons of birds it's gonna be awesome you guys are gonna have a great time and we got there and the birds had dispersed We saw two gobblers over in like a four day period and they would not respond to calling. I had one bird come and he hung up at about 70, 80 yards and was looking things over. It was like, nope, I'm, I'm not going to come in any, any closer. (laughs) And, (laughs) And we ended up totally, we ended up punching a couple tags, but it was like, we had to get totally, totally off out of the book to get it done. And I'm not talking about like, shooting them out of a truck window or nothing like that. But we had, we, we stalked our birds. You know, we'd find them, locate them at distance, get in close, call. They'd you know, gobble, but they're not gonna come and just use the terrain features and got looped in and pop up, boom. <laughs> so it was like, <laughs> oh, so hard, but it worked. We brought home birds.
1: I mean, you'll see people on you know facebook turkey hunting pages the the purists that like oh if you can't call them into 20 yards like stop it you know like <laughs> ditch slip in a bird where you gotta you know get in the mud and use you know like the, the wind one day saved me it was like 35 mile per hour gusts and it screwed me the, the two days prior but the, the grass was whipping so hard in front of me they couldn't see me move and I was like I think I could make a play on this bird and I had to crawl through a, of like a muddy stream you know oh. time so tell me I'm not you know like that's cheating it was awesome like was to, <laughs> to, to, exactly. to put, you know put the sneak on them and, and got him and then you know I think it was an eight minute hunt but it, it was like it felt like an hour
0: mm-hmm. yeah you just never know how it's gonna pan out you know and I think we get stuck in we get stuck in a rut when it comes to turkey hunting especially where it's like put the decoys out set up you know call it's going to be just like this and it doesn't always happen that way yeah sure sometimes it happens that way but you know i've been trying for 4 or 5 years to get a bird to commit to a jake decoy and just beat the tar out of it on camera and i haven't had it happen i had one bird come in and he committed but he was really passive kind of strutting around he didn't wasn't real aggressive but and it's weird too because our Miriam's birds out west are just weird like that they're Mm -hmm. you know and now that season dates are everybody's back their season dates off like you said that pecking order has been established it seems like and Mm -hmm. and uh they don't they're all about love that time of year man they do some wild things though just crazy
1: well you're talking about you know birds beating on a decoy the last bird was shot this year it was a, a veteran buddy of mine from Colorado. He flew in and it, our seasons go, we have six seasons. Uh, they go Wednesday morning to the following Tuesday evening when a new tag starts. Okay. And I think we we're done at Wednesday at like seven. But uh, the it was the same field I was talking about where like, you know, the, the toms were chasing jakes around. And th- this was in the far corner. So I snuck out and put a full strut tom on. I was like, let's mess with these birds. And they came in, like, Flight of the Valkyries, like, just puffed out on a dead sprint, and, like, he, he killed the bird, but, like, if he would have waited five yeah. minutes, we would have just an absolute show, and he was, he yeah. was like, no, get it done, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, that thing was about to absolutely destroy my Detroit.
0: <laughs> it's funny, too, man, I've got, you know, I, I grew up in, not far from where you are, I grew up in the upper peninsula of Michigan.
1: The UPA? And
0: yeah, you betcha, and, uh. So, you know, I know where I'm very familiar with your with your part of the country and and my brother lives in northeast Iowa. Mm -hmm. And so those basically guess what I get what I'm driving at is all my experience before I moved to Wyoming 15 years ago was eastern birds. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And those eastern birds are way more aggressive than our little Miriam's birds Mm -hmm. out here. It is wild, man. What you're talking about, about having a bird just come in and just smoke stuff, I don't think my brother ever hunts without a full strut decoy. Ever. Yeah. And yeah. he's just like, yeah, if they won't come to it, screw them. I don't, I don't it's not a bird I want. Answer. I want the alpha. I want the alpha, you know? And it's like, okay, if I did that out here, I'd never shoot a bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't want to fight. You know, well, I hunted,
1: uh, Miriam's in, uh uh panhandle of Nebraska one year. And I, I, we went out there and I, we, we cleaned houses, me and another guy from Wisconsin. And he's a pretty darn good turkey hunter. Um, but it's like you said, it was, uh, I think we used like 10 different styles to get our birds. Like we had to keep getting creative to make it happen. And in that area, there's so many hunters on the public. We'd actually use hunters. If we knew there was a bird close to the road, but he was just kind of hanging, we'd loop around and kind of figure out where he probably is going to go. And sure enough, another truck would pull up and this idiot would get out glass and now the bird's like walking right to us. And it was like, and we'd shoot it and like stand up and wave to him like, thanks buddy. <laughs> you know, that's, we
0: talk about doing that with bit game stuff all the time where, mm-hmm. where where you you use other hunters to your advantage. You know, whether it's in a situation like that where you post up on a likely escape route or you, can look at Onyx and go, oh, there's an area over here that was really remote, really kind of removed. There's a bunch of hunting pressure here. I bet animals have moved into there. We do that all the time, but I don't it think works. I don't think enough guys realize how well it works with turkeys. Mm-hmm. I really I really don't, but it does. You know, if you you can use use those tools to your to your advantage, I guess.
1: Well, that that same hunt. Uh... The parking lot of the hotel was very similar to uh, like when you pull into like Gillette during antelope season. There's 19 (laughs) different state license plates. Yeah, Uh, everybody that's staying there is hunting, and we drove through the night and we pulled into a spot. My buddy had hunted there before, so he goes, you know, we're going in blind, but I have hunted here. I I know there was birds here a few years ago, and we pulled in and rolled the window down and listened. There's a gobble and went after him, and that that was my fourth bird for the slam. So like that was. He he was so excited about that. We got the bird down, um, and then uh, he did have some private land, so we shot his bird over there. So we came back with uh, two birds to the parking lot, and all these guys are sitting in the parking lot drinking beer. There's guys from Arkansas. There's guys from Missouri. There's guys from everywhere, and we're the only people in the entire uh, hotel that shot birds. So these guys come over, and he ended up actually being a, a warden from from Arkansas. Cool guy, but he's looking at us. He's like, "How does every person here not have a bird, and you two got two? And uh, my buddy doesn't even skip a beat. His dog was laying up on the on the box, and and it, you know it's this black lab. And he goes, "See old you know old Zeke up there?" And He goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "We just pull up." If we hear a gobble, we send him in. It comes back with a bird. (laughs) And uh, everybody's laughing. And then the next day, we come back with three birds. And I think one other party shot one. And the dude walks up, and he looks at the birds. He looks at my buddy. He's like, how much for that dog?
0: (laughs) (laughs) How much for that dog? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've always said, though, dudes from the Midwest are killers, man. Uh, you have to be to get it done consistently with that much hunting pressure where, where we grew up. Oh my gosh. You know, I was to
1: Wyoming, you know, I mean, you know how it is. You go to Wyoming for antelope or mule deer season, 90% of the license plates are from Wisconsin. (laughs) It's
0: either Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, or Pennsylvania. That's like all we see out here all the time. But yeah, the the hunting culture in the upper Midwest, like say new, even New York, New York, Pennsylvania, um michigan wisconsin minnesota the hunting culture in those states is phenomenal like Mm -hmm. opening day of duck season is a holiday opening day of deer firearm deer season in michigan was always november 15th and it was like nothing was open we didn't go to school schools were closed businesses were closed everybody was either in the woods or in the up everybody was at deer camp you know it's
1: seven minutes prior to actual shooting time it sounds like (laughs) (laughs) mogadishu as soon as that first shot cracks off you're like all right right." it's go time (laughs) it's go time oh my gosh yeah it's
0: it's funny because obviously being connected um being an offshoot of eastman's big game is a massive focus of what we do right and we talk about you know avoiding hunting pressure and getting to trailheads and trailheads being, you know, 10, 15 vehicles. What are you going to do? Have you plan B, you know? And I just laugh because I'm like, you guys have no idea what real hunting pressure is. Go hunt state land on opening day of firearm deer season in Wisconsin or in Michigan. That's, that's-, hunt- that's hunting pressure.
1: <laughs> or you'll be, you'll be all, you know, you got in, you did your homework, you're way back in there. And then like 20 minutes after shooting time, some jack wagon just walks right underneath the stand. You're like, bro, why do you why'd you even come out this morning? Full pumpkin
0: suit, full pumpkin suit, you know. And I <laughs> I'm I obviously we're laughing about this because it's all you can do. But because yeah. I mean, we can all be either on the same team and give each other some crap or we can get seriously, you know, serious issues occur. But I'm with you, man. I don't think there was an opening day, especially in the, in the lower peninsula. We hunted down there quite a bit, had a family farm. That was insane. I mean, in the UP, it was pretty remote, pretty wild country. And you'd hear, you know, you'd hear 10 shots on opening day, maybe. Downstate, oh, my gosh. You'd hear yeah. 500 shots by lunch, you know. The
1: sun comes up, and there's a guy three trees away from you <laughs> that you didn't even see. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, morning. <laughs> Opening day of duck is even worse, though, I think. Uh, I don't hunt big water. Uh, duck opener used to be like Christmas to me. Like, it was oh, like my favorite day of the year. Me and my brother would go every year, and it's just gotten so crazy that I'll go find a pothole, shoot my three wood ducks, and not have to deal with, uh, I mean, guys that are, I've heard stories, like a dude rolled up one time, these guys are on a, on a cattail island uh, that's not big enough for two groups. Yeah. And dude rolled up like five minutes before shooting time in a, uh, a kayak with two German short hairs in it and no decoys and like plopped down next to these guys. And they're like, oh, it's going to get cozy today, boys. But no, it's not. You're going <laughs> to get off the island. He was going to hunt over their decoys. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Uh, I mean, there's fistfights at the launch sometimes.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I... <clears throat> dude, I remember, you know, hunting like Little Bay to Knock up in Escanaba or, and, yeah. and Gladstone. We used to hunt that on the regular, and it was exactly what you're talking about. You get to the state dock in Gladstone to go hunt, and you better be there at two in the morning to go get mm-hmm. your spot. You know, I remember sleeping in the duck boat on Saginaw Bay, you know, to get a spot, and I'm so thankful that it's, it's not like that everywhere, but the mm-hmm. reality is, Ryan, that that public land, especially waterfowl, that's the reality for a lot of guys. That's all they have. You know, I think you and mm-hmm. I are, were lucky that we had other, you know, like you said, a pothole or a beaver pond or something. I got, so I did the same thing, man. I'd go find a little beaver pond with, you know, 100 wood ducks on it or 50 wood ducks on it and yeah. go shoot my, yeah, like you said, go shoot my three wood ducks, maybe hang out until nine, see if a black duck came floating through or the odd mallard and
1: bag
0: it, bag it and go get breakfast. You know, right. and that, that, that turned in, that's what opening day turned into for me because yeah, I had experiences like that cattail Island thing where it's like, no, you know, this isn't, this isn't how this game's played. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't know about you, but there was quite a few times where you'd get guys that are, you could see they're trolling around. They're looking for a spot. It's like, dude, just come on, get in here. You know, yeah, Get, at in, that get point in here point. and home with us. Yeah. Cause <laughs> otherwise, otherwise you're just competing for the same birds and nobody wins then, you know? Yeah. And I've met some really good dudes that way. There was a spot up in—I'm uh, not gonna hot spot. There was there was a place I hunted a lot up in the UP. It was pretty remote, not real well known, but there was a local guys, and it seemed like every time I'd show up there, it was the same same one or two dudes, and everybody knew where the hot spot was, you know, where the birds wanted to be. And I don't know how many after the first time. I think we hunted together. Like it was almost like. Hey morning, Bill. Let's, let's go set up over here. You want to use your sure. stuff or mine? You know?
1: Instead of just pushing the birds around, you know, let's let them work one spot. And you know, I, I, do we shoot a limit? Who knows? But right. we're we're all shooting up together and having fun. And like, you like you meet cool people doing yes,
0: that. exactly. And I think that's my point with that. Is I met some really cool dudes, man, and got to know some people that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten to know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 100%. Yeah. And it's it's just funny. I think all of the outdoors is that way too. It's when we, we talk about it duck hunting or deer hunting, and we call it, used to call it, we got some, my brother and I called it deer fighting season in Michigan. <laughs> just, that's that's all it was neighbors that got along famously all year for two weeks of the year were rivals you know it's like
1: they got the surveyor uh, out marking the property line (laughs) the day before it's like what's with all this orange flagging
0: tape i haven't seen this before (laughs) oh it's crazy but
1: duck hunting got real bad for a while i mean the social media kind of influence that but I mean it, I, the, the saying I kept hearing was nobody hates a duck hunter more than another duck hunter <laughs> I mean there was that's a lot so of and, and you know just smack talking but like out of bounds stuff If I like I, I used to post my videos on you know a, a group hunting page right And I'm just like I don't if people that are going to find my content will find it because that's what they're looking for what I'm you know what the message I'm putting out right I don't need <laughs> Some you know dude that just wants to sit there and tear everybody down. Oh, I, don't, I don't have time for it.
0: No, and it and it and it does happen a lot. You know stuff that, and you know what it's like. Ducks are on camera. You either got like stuff that it looks that's normal, like birds over the decoys, maybe making a swing, doing whatever. They're well within ethical shooting distance on camera. They look like they're 150 yards away. Right, right. You know ducks are Sky terrible. Ducks are- <laughs> yeah exactly sky muscles where why don't you let them work you know and i'm like okay so the ones that look really close on camera are like five yards i mean those yeah. birds are right in your grill it's like you got to let them get out there a little bit if you want to take them home and eat them but
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh my gosh yeah those the world of the world of trolls it's like we can be our own worst enemies man that's for sure we can be all I, I think
1: happy. that tide's turning a little bit i mean it it you see more and more people instagram especially like kind of embracing the nose to tail eating or, or uh, hunter activism conservation and and, and kind of like getting out of the fray of of of, of the bs really right uh, one of my real good buddies he ran a, a podcast called hunt domain he's a marine vet and he was super active and he was super active in like calling out some of the the bad apples and uh he he had a daughter uh recently and like he's like i'm wrapping up the podcast i'm done with it i'm done with the the bs and he called me uh two weeks ago and he's like bro i killed a turkey last week and i didn't even take a picture (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like i get it you know like i have to you know produce content to keep Following, going, and yeah. that opens up opportunities. But there's days when I'm just like, man, I just want to just go do it. You know? Yeah.
0: Yep. No, when you're when you're doing it, it's when it's tied to your livelihood. You know, it's 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 a little different, or you're you have mm-hmm. to produce that content. You know, you have to swim in that. And I, dude, I agree with you 100 percent on the you know the hunter activism thing. And you you have played a role in that um, kind of from the get go. You've always been that rah rah guy out there and that's one of the things that turned me on to your social media stuff very early on was like man who is this like you said who's this bearded tatted up viking looking viking looking dude (laughs) you know who is this guy and uh i'm looking at him like man i i like his message you know i like the i like that pro hunting like you said hunting activism i like that term and you and you really embrace that and run with it
1: well, it goes back to, uh, bear hunting. Uh, and you know, I, I have the only way I haven't, uh, taken a bear is uh, spot and stalk. And it, that is on my list out West to do that. Um, you know, I've shot them over bait. I've shot them. Uh, I have, a, I have a bear story
0: that happened last night that I'll share with you when you're done with your point. <laughs> <laughs> <Right on. laughs>
1: um, I've hunted with hounds a lot. I got into the houndsman community. Uh before actually participating in it, it didn't interest me. Right. Um, I, I was never the guy that's like, oh, that's cheating. And then I, I looked into it and I was like, this is a 20,000 year old tradition. But like, this is how we got our start and not just the, how amazing the hounds are at what they do, like the, the guys that are are managing this and get out there and train them like the amount of work that goes in, but you had bait hunters Bragging on hound hunters, and I was like, "Look, look at Colorado. First, they took hounds, and then they took bait. Yep. If 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 we don't, you don't have to, you do not have to participate in the a legal means of of pursuit to support it. Hundred percent. And 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 if, if we don't, you know, it's the it's the join or die snake that I have that from the Ben Franklin uh, uh political cartoon. We don't join together, we die alone." Um, but I mean, I started seeing pages like, uh, Robbie from blood origins and, uh, uh, I mean, sportsman's all, I mean, there, there's so many pages out there that are out there taking the lead, uh, American bear foundation. Um, uh, and I like that. They used to be Western bear. They just made it American bear um, yeah. just recently. And then, uh, out of, out of nowhere, this howl.org, out of yes. California, they came out and I, I talked to the dude that, that started it. Uh, we had a phone call conversation. I'm like, how do I help? Because like you guys are organized. Like I, I don't even know what day it is, I and mean, you guys are just like, everything yeah, is are. one click, yep. and, and they're crushing it. And and you know, we need to to. The left does not care how you kill a bear. That's the right. the, the, the anti crazies don't care how you kill a bear. They kill that you are killing a bear, and and they want to they want to take everything, yep. and, and and they're relentless. And if we don't keep the the foot on the gas pedal i remember there's small victories here and there but we need to keep doing it
0: i completely agree with you you know that growing up i don't know how old you are but i i would imagine we're pretty similar in age um growing up it was i remember oh you you need we need to win these people over you know we need to we need to have our message prepared so we when you run into somebody at a whatever you can Give them these facts, and the facts will sway them. You know, we we were assuming that people were logical, and I think, yeah, yeah I think I think that's changed, man. I, I'm at the mm. point where I'm like, no, we need to fight fire with fire. You know, they're not going to play fair. I'm not saying we need to get dirty, but get organized, join yeah. up, and band together as a group because they don't care how you shoot a bear; they just care that you kill a bear. Well, ducks aren't that far removed from that. Turkeys mm-hmm. aren't that far removed from that, and they're going to keep chipping away and taking things. You, you hit, hit the nail on the head with Colorado. Washington State lost their spring yep. bear season.
1: California. Why?
0: They, Cal, I mean, we could go down the list, and it's just a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, and a little bit there. Pretty soon, you have you have no hunting privileges remaining, and they've been taken from you. And
1: They are, they are masters of death by paper cut.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. I don't, I think the time is, and, and I get, I don't know, man, I get fired up about this, but the days of the days. And I, and I certainly think that we need to, as hunters, we're responsible for our image. We're responsible for what we portray, but I'm not pandering. I'm not pandering to the left anymore on this. It's like, no, you're either, you can either accept me for what I am and what I do because you're forcing me to accept you, or you can forget about it.
1: You Again, know? Being, being an unapologetic hunter. Um, Absolutely. You, know, you, you were talking about, you know, back, back in the day, it was engaging people. The only time I'm willing to do that is if somebody comes on my page and asks a polite yes. question. Yes. If you're, like, I've had people tell me they're going to kill my kids, and I was like, bring it. Because you want to see the the hellstorm <laughs> at me. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're if you're coming with that, if you're leading with that, or you're leading with insults, I have no time for you. But if it's somebody just asking a question, that's somebody that's that is willing to be pragmatic and 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 just wants information. Right. And they deserve all the time and that you have to to. And those are people that okay. Like how many times I've heard. I don't like it still, but now the way you explain to me how it works, I have more information. I'm not going to be against it.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm not that you're, man, that is so well said. And I was hoping, I was hoping that you would be able to kind of condense my ramblings into something like that. And you just <laughs> did. So thank you. Um, but yeah, you're perfect, man. It's the, the people that are engaged and they're interested all the time in the world for it absolutely mm-hmm. but yeah if you lead if you lead aggressively like you said i'm gonna kill your kids right you think yeah. so that's not gonna end well for you pal you know yeah. i yeah I, I don't have it's different it's changed and, mm-hmm. I, and i think that the younger the young guys that are coming up now in this they they've got they've got even more of an uphill battle than than the old guard did because it's going to get the fight's going to get nastier and nastier and nastier
1: i mean that, that's the refreshing thing though you know you're asking how old i am i, I just turned 40 yep. and like when i show up at a hunting camp i'm the old dog you know like i'm the oldest guy especially in the industry when it, you know you, most of these kids that are filming or guiding are 25 26 yes, yes. And i'm seeing them you know like I hate the term social media influencer but if I can influence guys that age that are gonna stay that are going to be hunting every day that are the people that are putting out the the the, the content the people that are, are going to be constantly in the battle if, if I can influence them that way then fine I'm a social media influencer cool and, and I'm seeing these guys get it
0: yeah I know I you're that's absolutely right because I think about the about the crew that I hunt with and I've got the guys here in the office, but we're, you know, we're roughly all the same age, but then there's a whole other subset of guys out there that are running around and they're young. I mean, these guys are in their, their late twenties, maybe early thirties and they're, they're young. And I'm looking at them like, wow, you're, you're like a kid. And then it dawns on me like, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. I was that kid and guys, my dad's age were the old dogs like you and me. Mm -hmm. And we were the ones doing the they were the ones doing the influencing you know it's just a different form of passing on tradition yeah i and it's it's funny that it sometimes it takes a it's easy to demonize social media or whatever but when it comes right down to it it's passing on the hunting tradition and if we do it the right way man it's going to be solid and i think hunting i think the future of hunting personally is in really good hands
1: there was a woman that was bashing on me one time saying you know, like how how sick are you and demented are you that you take a picture with a dead animal and i found a a picture i took in uh what was that i think it was in new mexico but it was uh it was this really cool place off the beaten path that uh had a bunch of cave art or you know paintings i just showed her that i'm like we've been doing this for a while you know yeah. <laughs>
0: this isn't isn't something new oh no that is dude that is awesome oh yeah so with your videography um and your different channels what what all do you have going on man so people that may not have heard about you how can they find you What, what can what's some of the stuff you've got out there
1: everything's under ryan off the grid instagram ryan off the grid facebook and youtube channel same Um, that's where I'm putting out, uh, all my content. Um, and you know, I've got some other projects I'll be working with, with, with other companies and stuff, but you know, the main things that I do is film the, the duck hunts or film the the bear hunts for the vets. And, um, it's kind of been cool to be able to, you know, behind the scenes i'm setting up the funding i'm setting up the outfitter i'm setting up the lodging the food and finding the vet that fits the criteria uh but when i get to the hunt i film it and act as host you know even though the, the the lodge or the outfitters hosting i'm i'm host from a video standpoint um and i mean that's how i put stuff out it's, it's been it's been kind of cool to be able to to have command and control of everything um from, from start to finish, you know, like I, I, I answer to uh, one person and she's downstairs. (laughs) You
0: know, it's, it's that, that can be. Uh, not can't be, it is, I, I've always found that maybe it's a cocky, arrogant thing, but I've always found that the hunts that seem to go the best are the ones with the least moving parts. Yeah. You know, you got the, you got one person or a very small group of individuals in control of everything. And, and man, it seems like the bigger it gets, oh, you know, we we did a hunt we did a hunt this this winter tried to film a hunt this winter and it was there was a lot of moving parts and I didn't have I I wasn't able to have control of the things that I wanted to have control of and man it didn't it didn't go very well. Yeah. I'm I'm like, well, I don't know if we've got how much content we're going to be able to salvage out of that but
1: you know <laughs> i filmed uh well i filmed it with a thermal and then i had another guy with a regular camera but we did hog dogging in texas oh. but that's at night the, the thermal made everything awesome because i mean it's chaos it's organized chaos until the, right. the hog gets uh, dispatched so to say um uh, but uh in january february time frame they do it in florida in the day and you're mm-hmm. running through and actually we were down there last January. We, we, we did it a couple of times uh, in between duck hunts because uh, it, it's not too hot where the dogs aren't getting run ragged. OK, um, but trying to line something up to go back down there and film that in the daytime. So I don't need the thermal. Uh, I, I mean, I filmed it with my cell phone last time because it was kind of impromptu. Right, right. Uh, but, but that also brings up challenges of how much do you show? Like you're, you're saying you don't pander. But if you're stabbing a hog to death <laughs> that's got yeah. a pit bull in its ear and it's squealing and there's blood and there's chaos, you know, you can have that conversation in post with people that are inquisitive saying, you know, you shoot a hog with a 30-odd-six, it's going to take that old boy a while to die. You stab it it, it, it is six seconds and they are gone. It, it look, But the, the, the optics on her are... Yeah, it's it is a challenge to to put it in the best light to explain uh in the best light without giving full on ammunition to to the the opposition.
0: All right. No, I you hit that on the head man. The optics of the thing are like oh wow. Okay. You're you unite
1: I know, hunters know, but that's going to get out, you know, like this is, people are doing it all over the place. I'm surprised it hasn't got on the radars yet of people. Well, I mean, I hope people are, that are filming it are putting it, you know, you cut when you need to cut. Yes. Yes. I think the other thing that the
0: hog guys have done a really good job with is branding what they do. You know, it's hogs are. Ever, i shouldn't say everybody that's too broad of a term but if you if you know anything about hogs in the united states they're a problem they are a, they're a feral animal that is a problem and they're exploding populations all over places that they don't belong they destroy mm-hmm. all kinds of property and so the hunting at them at any me any means necessary is a valuable a management tool. Yeah. And we get that. You know, we understand that. Man, those guys have done a really good job of saying, yeah, this is we're eradicating these things cuz look at the damage that they're doing.
1: Oh, well, they they a lot of people don't even realize they kill fawns. Right. They eat fawns.
0: <laughs> they eat anything, you know. Right. And,
1: they'll eat an, a, another wounded hog, they'll eat anything.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I and I don't think if you don't If you don't swim in those circles and you don't live down there or in areas where they where they are, you don't you don't get that. And so I think it's easy for guys that are like all they do is maybe duck hunt, upland hunt, shoot you know hunt pheasants, turkeys, do some deer hunting. They look at that and go, man, I don't don't know about that. It's like, well, you got to understand what's going what the bigger picture, what's going on here.
1: I mean, a a lot of hunters that don't live in those areas that you know just hunt their back forty aren't exposed to to what's really going on right you'll get blowback i've got blowback from hunters on snow goose season they're like you didn't have to kill 200 of them i was like we would have killed five if we could you yeah know? Like, exactly and, i mean it, it's easier to have a conversation with another hunter about it excuse me on the tundra uh and, and and i mean look avian flu went through this year exactly like, where well, uh, you know which is nature is just correcting overpopulation um but that as the birds are flying through they're giving that to the chickens they're giving that to to everything else
0: yeah i don't know about you but we went from you know i don't keep chickens in my yard i live in town and i could but i got enough going on with three kids and two labs and <laughs> you know it's like i don't need a bunch of chickens too so but we went from having you know going to the store, buying eggs or getting them from so-and-so down the street. It's got chickens too. There's no eggs. There's no chickens. Now, there's, there's a giant uh, egg producing facility North of us in Montana. That's a, it's a Hooterite facility and they, they had put down all their birds. Yeah. And I mean, hundreds of thousands of chickens, which equates to millions of eggs over a, over a period of time. Pretty soon you're not, you know, can't buy eggs in the store. You know, and who knows where that, where that avian flu started, Mm -hmm. but having a couple million snow geese over, over objective probably doesn't help. Right. You know, we don't live in a perfect utopia anymore, you know, and we are, we, if we don't, we don't exercise stewardship and management, it's going to, that bus is going to go off the wheels in the ditch real fast whether it's snow geese or whether it's bears or whether it's predators, that was that bear story. I wanted to tell you that. So we're right in the throes of spring bear season out here. And mm-hmm. <clears throat> one of the guys in the office, Dan Picard does our beyond the grid series. Um, went, he went out bear hunt last night, he got a hot tip on a spot and he was, had a buddy that was sitting a bait and he was spotting and stalking on a hillside above this area and he can hear hears a gunshot and then he hears a few minutes later he hears you know like pop 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 pretty soon his phone's ringing he's like dude his buddy's like get down here now i need your help well he had a rut fest on his bait on his bait site and he (laughs) shot one of the boars and the other boar wouldn't leave him alone and he was like aggressive and coming after the guy and he was shooting trying to deter it by shooting over it with his pistol and he said he could hear the shots in real time on the phone and then off in the distance pop 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 and of course he's out he's you know three quarters of a mile away there's nothing he could do to help you know he's bow hunting this hillside (laughs) and with this, cat all this war is going on down in the timber and he's like whatever. And it, it worked out. Okay. Nobody got hurt. And, and, uh, it was, it was, but yeah, that's getting back to the realities of hunting. It, it never, you know, whether it's a Turkey not doing what you want it to do or a bear doing that, you never know, you know, and we, we have a tendency in Wyoming to go, Oh, they're just black bears because where we live, there's a lot bigger browner threat out there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it just goes to show you they're wild animals, man. They can, they they do crazy stuff
1: i've only gone nose to nose with a grizz one time and it was a uh, pucker factor was high oh yeah it was uh i was taking photos at uh, glacier national park uh-huh. and there's a place called iceberg lake and it's quite it's quite the haul up and i only have limited time to go get pictures so like i'm i'm hauling ass and i passed this group of people and there's probably 10 people in this group that, i mean they're together and i, I mean i've got like a four foot long telephoto lens around my neck, uh, uh, handgun, uh, Glock 10, and then bear spray. And I come around this bend and I'm I'm probably 50 yards from, it was a yearling, but still like a yearling will kill you. (laughs) And I was like, well, what do I do now? And I never pulled my camera up. Uh, You know, like I'm more worried about this bear. I need him to know that I'm here. Uh, And he never postured on me. Uh, so, I mean, I never pulled out a handgun or, or bear spray, but, like, it, he's right there, you know. And then this group of people come around, and and they got their cameras out and shit, and I was like, are you people for real? And, <laughs> like,
0: we, no see it, we see it in Yellowstone all the time, because Yellowstone is literally in our backyard, yeah. and it's like, oh, my gosh, are you people for real? Yeah, that's... Yeah. They they so had true. they
1: had no qualms. They thought they were safe. And it was like if, if this bear decides he's pissed off, we're, we're in some trouble. And this dude said to me, and he was a uh, he was just shy of obese, uh, <laughs> but he says, "Well, you got a gun. We felt safe." And I was like, "Look, bro, I would have shot your fat ass in the <laughs> kneecap. <laughs> like, I'm not here to protect you." <laughs> I don't
0: have to run faster than the bear just you <laughs> oh man that's that hilarious yeah the grizzly thing is it's interesting you know I was I picked up a I picked up a new pup last year from Southern Oak Kennels down in in uh, Mississippi and was that drove down there picked it up did the whole thing and got talking to the, the guy that had whelped the puppy um, Corey Wages with S.O.K. Tanglefoot and I got talking about, yeah, this is, you know, he's obviously he's a duck dog, but he'll pull some upland duty will be, he'll be hunting pheasants and chuckers and do a little bit of everything. Right. And then in, you know, October, September and October, he'll pull bear duty. And he, you know, these guys are from Mississippi, it's like, what are you, what are you talking about? Bear duty. And I'm like, well, yeah, he'll go elk hunting with me and deer hunting with me in grizzly country. And he's my sentinel. Well, what is that? Well, what what does that entail? Is he like fighting the bears? And I'm like, no, 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 no. He just barks and makes noise when he smells one or hears one. You know, he's an extra set of eyes, basically. I use yeah. my I use my labs for that all the time. And there's been two instances. One where my old dog Mackinac alerted me to a bear's presence that we ended up going nose to nose with later in the afternoon. But we were like, okay, there's a bear here somewhere to then a couple of years later, he literally middle of the night, we're elbows deep in this bull elk bonfire going, you know, trying to get it all broke down and taken care of. And my dog just goes off. And there's no doubt in my mind that if that dog wouldn't have been there barking and growling that bear, probably, we we probably would have had an issue with that bear. Yeah. I don't know if he'd have been super aggressive, but he probably would have tried to push us off that carcass.
1: That's his now. (laughs)
0: Exactly. But with the dog there, was kind of like so i was joking with them like yeah they go from you know fetching ducks and geese and and flushing roosters to chasing grizzly bears you know <laughs> <laughs> my my labs live an interesting life out here
1: <laughs> i love it <laughs> oh well are you do you have dogs you get into that at all yeah i've got uh, uh yellow lab he is turning 12 uh oh, so man. he's gray in the face uh so I've got, I've got two birds left for, for the North American Grand Slam. Uh, okay. I need a, a Fulvas uh, down in Florida. Um, and then I've been saving and people, Patrick, the guy that got me into filming initially, he said, he said that's going to be really embarrassing when you have to target just a red breasted merganser. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saving it to hope to in the hopes that he's still around, um, yeah. he doesn't get to hunt as much anymore because i'm always you know running camera on camera running a dog at the same time is tough oh uh, yeah i've done it but it <laughs> it's not a fun day for me uh, i didn't even try with my young dog
0: last year i didn't even take him i took him one time but otherwise yeah it's like i'm running a hunt running a camera and running a dog
1: no, yep, that's no. Too much. i'm
0: gonna i'm gonna make bad
1: habits in that dog if i'm not careful mm-hmm. so uh I mean, we've, we've got a river that flows through town here and flows into the Bay of Green Bay, and it holds a lot of divers late season. And I mean, last year, uh, my dog, Raji, started struggling on the boggy stuff. Um, it, he marked a bird and took off out of the boat and went into the, it's a cattail marsh. Uh, and he went in after it, and then he came come back out. And I'm like, I know he saw where that bird landed, and he'd never quit. And he comes back out and I'm like, you know, get back in there. And I stood up on the gunwale and I was watching and he was just struggling. And it was tough to watch. Like it, it joints wise. Yeah. And <laughs> this little boy, he knows that I want him back in there. So he's just traveling the muskrat runs because he didn't have to walk on the block. And just uh-huh. and finally, I'm like, oh, get up here. You're like, yeah. you know, um, but I think open water on the river here, he'd be all right. Yeah. So hopefully like that can be. My last bird of the slam, and and his last bird. I'd I'd hang it up for him after that. We can that'd retire.
0: Be, that'd be cool, man. That'd be really yeah, really cool. Be. On
1: well, top we, of that, uh, we get
0: a ton. Of, we get a ton of mergansers out here on the rivers. If you uh, get in a bind and you want to make a road trip in like <laughs> January,
1: you know we could do that.
0: Come on out. <laughs> you, can yeah, the, you can shoot all you can shoot all the divers this. you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 guy Ryan Boy that I was in the boat with. Uh, um, that first year of the the, the veterans duck hunt um, so he he passed away uh the summer before I went after my king eiders and uh that's when I kind of realized that like, like this is within reach like I, I could probably pull this off because I, I i really I was like okay whatever you know I, I want to shoot all kinds of different species but I, I'd never thought about completing the slam until sure I held that king eider and then uh I got pretty emotional when I shot the, when I, you know, pick up this king, and I, I thought of him, you know, like I'm, I'm here because this guy opened up duck hunting into my, into my, my, my life, and he's gone, and I, that's a huge influence and a huge loss to me, but I've got a shell with his ashes in it. Um, so as soon as we, you know, I've got the fall list. I've got the my dog goes gets his last retrieve. I'm putting that shell in, and I'm gonna wait till a, a, like, like something stupid like a hen mallard flies by. And I'm going to miss on purpose so I can blame it on them one more time. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, man. Oh, I love it. We waterfowlers are a unique bunch when it comes to stuff like that. We have a tendency to be very sentimental, whether it's dogs or past hunting buddies, even stupid old equipment that we hang on to too long, it seems like. Um, okay. Man, you talk about going for that slam and, and what it means. Um I I have not done that. That's something that uh, just career-wise, I it hasn't been a hasn't been, I probably haven't made it a priority, but I haven't because I haven't made it a priority, I haven't, you know, done a lot of that stuff. So when I talk to guys like you that have done it, I'm like, mm, yeah, I need to go do the King Iron thing or I need to go do the. The Emperor Goose. It, it, you've obviously got an Emperor.
1: No Emperor is not included in the forty-one. Oh, it's because
0: not. They, um, I got a sheet the, right there. How did I not see that?
1: They, uh, because of the draw. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, You know, so like five non-residents a year get an Emperor tag. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, I actually I was, had I actually had a gal on the
0: podcast. Um, the only lady that's been on the podcast, um, Sarah Hetty she uh went with with Hugh Clark and he up in Alaska he helped oh, he, facilitate yeah, he, that yeah. he's a good dude
1: he, but he yeah he might be coming to hunt that, that here in Wisconsin that I started with really yeah he said he doesn't want to hunt he just wants to hang out and, I, I yeah. mean, and he's that too so I was like I was like come on down I'm like I'm gonna put his put his butt in a boat though like he's, he's not coming from Alaska and not hunting you know
0: exactly yeah exactly yeah I he and I kind of missed kind of ships in the night last year. He was just North of me up here hunting ducks. And we ended up, we wanted, we wanted to do a podcast in person and it didn't work out. And But I told him, I'm like, dude, the next time you get to Montana, you call, let me know. And we'll hook up. I'll have you, I'll either go up there or you can come down here or whatever, man. Cause I, that, yeah, we gotta, I gotta do something in person with him. That was, he's a good dude.
1: Well, it's, it's crazy. Duck hunting specifically or waterfall hunting in general, like, I, I don't want to call it the elite because that's that's the wrong word because I'm, I'm just lucky. Like, it, it, you know, I, I've, I've had opportunities, but I also say that luck is the crossroads of preparation and opportunity. Um, so, like, I'm given these opportunities, like, even to go shoot that King Eider. Patrick had linked me up with uh a guy who was a rival guide in Michigan but had started his own outfit and Pat ended up going to be one of his captains and he, they needed it was his first year and he needed media and like oh here I am <laughs> hunting King Einers and Harlequins in the middle <laughs> of Bering Sea. I, mean, it just, I got lucky that that that, that happened and uh, I mean you just start crossing paths with people uh, that are out there grinding doing it like you know like me and Pat came into the harbor and there's a guy that used to be in our snow goose camp like with a different guy and you just start seeing people like I, I missed ramsey Russell by three minutes at the hotel in Johannesburg you know like we both knew each other we were there right I mean, and so I, these, these guys are at a different table they're like well, what are you doing here because was by, I was the only person by myself and I was like trying to get home because my wife's mad I was here for three weeks you know, <laughs> in Africa and they're like you never guess he was here and I was like Ramsey Russell and they're like how do you know? I was like, I just texted him, you know?
0: That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. That is so funny. Yeah, that, uh, well, he is a character, man. We had a, he was through this way and hunted with us last November. Mm-hmm. And we had a ball. We had an absolute ball and just a super, super good dude. I, I love, he's another one that talks about what you're just talking about, about how we're all connected by this thing called, called waterfowl you know, and we've all got our different stories and different things. And it's all those stories that kind of define us. And I love how Ramsey keys in and, and tells those, it helps people tell that story. Mm-hmm. You know, I Absolutely. interviewed a couple of other people, uh, Dale, Dale Bordelon, Ramsey just like, dude, you got to talk to Dale. One of the most interesting dudes that I've ever talked to about hunting or anything in life, period. Just that man, he, he's just like, from a time gone by, first of all. And are you, are you familiar with him? Yeah. Yeah. Just wow. Super interesting cat, man. I just really enjoyed his cut, his spending, you know, I think we talked for a little over an hour and it was like, wow, that's a different perspective. That's a different thing, but yeah, just we're all connected by those things. And it's kind of wild too. You start going places and you're like, Hey, I know that person. And you don't know, you don't know them but you know them from social media and all the I, stuff they do.
1: So I took my wife uh, for my 40th birthday. We went to uh, Nashville for NWTF. And uh, she, had, you know, she'd never been to Nashville. She, We hadn't had a, a just a vacation for us without kids since my son was born. Oh. And we're at the hotel uh, bar like well after the, the show shut down and you know, that, that's where business is done. And and I was like, that's Alex Langbo. And she's like, do you know him? And I was like, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> so I walk up and he's like, hey, Ryan. And like, We've been friends on oh, social media for so I long. know. Like, I feel like you know him. And my wife is just like, you've never, ever met him in person? I was like, nope. But she's like, you just talked for an hour. Like, you, we're, you know everything about each other. I'm like, yep.
0: that's how it works. you know what's stupid about that is I had I had Alex on the podcast pretty early on. And he literally lives like 30 minutes north of me. And, was, just, and I've still never good. met him. I've still never met him. It's like, how does, how does that happen? You know, it's like every time I drive by his house, I'm like, I should just stop in. do it. I should just stop in and say hi. But I'm always like going to Billings for an errand or something. And I'm like head down going, you know, and it's like, just yeah. I just need to take the time and stop in and say hi. Because you're exactly right. It's like you just talk to that person for an hour and you've never met him before. Well, no I never met him but I know them. it's just right. wild yeah. and that that's what's cool to me about social media
1: agreed agreed
0: it's man we're we're so we're so much more connected now than we have ever been you know we went to um did Hunt Expo in Salt Lake this year went down had a big booth down there and same thing all these people walking around I'm like yeah, I know that that's I know I know that person it's Ryan Bassham over there you know that's so-and-so or you know whoever it might be it, it's like you know all these people but you never met them and it's wild because they walk up like hey Todd how's it going I'm like oh hey Ryan how are you you know <laughs> what is up with that
1: or or even people that follow me that like I, I don't have a you know I've never had a conversation with via messenger or anything would walk up and my wife's like this is terrible and I'm like what do you mean she's like your ego and i'm like no no that has nothing to do with it i'm gonna take the time if a person follows me and wants to come up and talk to me i learned from uh bone collector um the shot show was the first uh expo i ever did we did not have a tv show yet we literally lied our way in and <laughs> had you know passes and stuff and uh, uh the guy I was with was like a fanboy of, of Waddell's. And I think it was like Friday, you know, the show is starting to pick up a little bit. And he's like, We gotta go over and talk to him. I'm like, bro, he's doing business right now. Yeah, like, that's the thing about up. shot.
0: That's a that's a busy, busy show for people.
1: And it's it's not open to the public. So I mean, the people that are there, are there to get things done. Um, and you know, so he's like, We gotta go up. And I was like, Look, if you catch him on Sunday when they're breaking down the booth, if you want to go up like you know, do that and do that. We happen to run into him on Sunday, and uh, we we walk up, and I will never forget how he handled this because this is the way to do it. He looked down at both our name tapes and he said, "Ryan, Jeremy, where are you guys from? What do you like to hunt?" And I was like, "Man, I was like right away it registered." I'm like, "That's the way you do it." So like, be cordial and meet these people. And but my wife couldn't understand it. She's like, "You, this is this is your fans." I'm like, "No, these are people that are supporting what I'm doing, yes. and I owe them the time of day."
0: Absolutely, you know, and absolutely, it's it's funny how that works, you know, because I think it's easy to get caught up in why I do this, or whether you're whether you could see see guys that go and take it like, well, I'm up here, or almost almost poo poo what they do because they don't want to be held on a put, they don't want to be put on a pedestal. Like, oh yeah, well, it's just a job. Or you know, I, I just do this. And it's like, would you say that if you were a school teacher? Because I taught school for a, for almost, I've taught school for almost a decade. Yeah. I was a, I was a coach. I was a school teacher for almost a decade. And I never said that about what I did when I was teaching. Oh, it's just a job. Oh, it's, I was just, I'm just a teacher. I never said that. I was always proud of what I did. Yeah. And I don't think there's any difference in, in what you and I are trying to do, whether it's You know, whether it's video content or social media, or we're, we're advocates for back to that advocate advocacy thing. We're advocates for hunting and we should be proud of that. And like you said, take the time to talk to people because I don't know about you, but nothing turns me off faster than when somebody blows me off
1: or is a jerk to me. Well, big time, big time. When you're talking about though, like people that are downplaying what they do, I can see that in situations uh, let's say I'm in a hunting camp to film, uh, or, you know, I go down to Texas and, you know, subcontract a guide for a week oh. and you get, you get guys in camp that are want to toot their own horn. You know, like I've hunted this and I've shot and young that, and I've done this and I've done that. I don't even say a word until they get to the point where I start playing one downsmanship with them. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny because it, it, it's like a close talker. If you get talk to a, closer to a close talker, throws them off. So like the guy will be like, "Oh, I shot a, a two hundred eight two hundred eight inch white tail last year," and I was like, oh, I shot a spiker, but I think I should have let him grow a little bit." They don't know what to do. Like they're like,
0: he had huge feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who taught me that? It was, like, it was another guy. He goes, yep. Every time I've got a, a big headed, you know, corporate client in here, I just, I won down them, and then I did like, it just throws them off their table. That is
0: awesome. I'm going to use that. That is awesome. Yeah. And I, and I didn't, I, I guess what I was getting at with that is getting to, you don't want to be seen as that person. That's the one upper, you know, where, where you're like, oh yeah, well, you know, I, I got all I need left for my slams of red breast merganser, you know? <laughs> And I'm gonna and I'm gonna, you know, pickle it and put it on a charcuterie board with a and serve it with a fine Merlot, you know? And it's like dude, it's it's a so the I'm just And that. I'm just giving you shit, man. I'm not.
1: the dog's eating that one. Oh man. You probably won't even touch it. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I don't know. I, I pasted one pretty good last year, it came ripping through and we were just on a white hot tear on the mallards and just, just destroying them. It was awesome. And of course you get your five mallards, you can kill one more bird out here, mm-hmm. uh, various different species, but it's mostly mallards. And this, this red breasty comes ripping through and he's doing mock eight, about two feet off the, off the deck, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, it was honestly, it was probably one of the best shots I've ever made in my life because <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> throw the gun up, bang. It was completely instinctive, and, and it wasn't a cripple. He was stone dead. Just dead. Yeah, just dead. <laughs> and guys were like, I got two reactions out of the blind. One was like, what the hell was that? And the <laughs> other one was,
1: "Wow, nice
0: shot, bro. <laughs> but, oh, goodness. Yeah, I, you don't want to be that one, that one-upper guy, but at the same time, I, I, I do think, yeah, you, you, we should be proud of what we do because we are we are
1: setting in context matters and then and, and how, you're, how you're putting stuff out
0: yeah that's absolutely right absolutely right now well, that is cool well dude i've probably kept you long enough um i've really enjoyed our time together and i'm dead serious if you want to come out and shoot for gansers it. <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it, it might be uh, might be in the cards
0: yeah no seriously that was uh was ended up honestly that's how we ended up hunting with ramsey last fall That what we did i asked him to be on a podcast he was like sure long as you come on mine and it was like okay and the next thing you know he calls he's like hey i'm gonna be through that way in november you want to hunt together you got a spot and i'm thinking in november there's hardly any birds here in november it's kind of like yeah okay and but yeah same thing man the invitation's open And uh, if we ever get someplace, I'd love to hook up and share a duck blind sometime. That'd be fun. Be outstanding. Cool, man. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time. And uh, I will make sure that you've got links or whatever we've got so people can find your stuff on here. And if they've got an idea for a hunt for you, you know, they've got a vet, they know that they want to hook up with something try to get them hooked up with you and see what we can and make happen. Yep. Awesome. I appreciate Thank it, Ryan. You. Thanks for having me. So I've got one more question for you. If you can only hunt one bird one way for the rest of your life, what's it going to be?
1: Ooh. That ooh. caught me off guard. <laughs> I think it would be uh, old squad on a layout, layout boat on Lake Michigan in some some nasty chop some rollers
0: yeah buddy yeah buddy it seems to me like when i was a kid there weren't a lot of old school around and now there's, there's now you guys really have there.
1: lots we have more than the 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 both seaboard uh speaking of old school, real quick i was at the brewer game uh sunday uh with a semper five fund which is a nonprofit. uh Uh, for combat vets, combat wounded vets, disabled vets. Uh, They put together a suite and I met this guy uh, who got hit by an IED and he's blind from it. Like, so I didn't know how blind some guys can see like periphery or, 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 and and he starts telling me he hunts. And I was like, awesome, man. What do you hunt? And he's like, I hunt, uh, I bow hunt with a crossbow. Somebody has got to be with me. He's got, he's got uh, mobility issues as well. I mean, he got pretty rocked. He got pretty jacked up. Um, but he's got, he's got this high powered laser and he puts that on the animal and whoever's with them positions him and all right, you know, take the shot. Uh, and he's been successful, but he says, I want to shoot ducks. So like, you know, I was like, no offense, but how blind are you? And he goes, I can't see anything. And I was like, (laughs) 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 Uh, no offense, but how blind are you?
0: Uh, No, it's a fair question. It's a fair question.
1: And Marines to Marines, like nothing's offensive. <laughs> you know, like, so he, he said, well, I've, I've been trap shooting or, uh, and like they, they'll put me up there. He goes, my biggest concern is muzzle awareness. And I can see that being a huge issue. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't want to put him in a, a field hunt with, with, you know, coffin blinds yeah. and it all over the place um but I, i'm sitting there and i'm thinking about it and i was like so how do you have you hit play pigeons and he goes oh yeah like every once in a while and, and we're laughing about that somebody will be behind him or next to him and they'll position him and then they'll say okay it's going to the left and he swings and they'll tell him when to pull the trigger so i called mike keller who's a, a marine vet as well and an old squad guy on lake michigan here told him about this and he's like dude we're doing this and i'm both of us are like, I don't care if it takes nine flats of ammo. So I'm going to sit in a, a, a tandem layout boat with this yeah, guy. Yeah, And if we get bluebells, might do it upright too. But if we get old squad that comes straight down the, the you know, the long line, mm-hmm. I'll probably have him shoot a little bit early so I can, you know, correct it by the third shot. Right, right. <laughs> but I, I told him like, we're we're doing this. You're just <laughs> like, going to
0: guide him right in there with the water spray
1: just keep shooting until we knock one down you know (laughs) you know and i
0: think i think that's awesome you know i could see the other thing that you said about if you're in a situation where like puddle ducks or anything that's working in that works in from higher elevation Mm -hmm. be hard because you can't see where he's hitting necessarily where but shooting stuff like out of a layout you're gonna be able to see where he's hitting yeah with the shot hits the water
1: We'll probably pull the choke out completely and just, <laughs> just get a big spray
0: going. <laughs>
1: go for it. Just go for it. I'm stoked about it. Like that's that is my mission this 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 uh late fall here.
0: Heck yeah, man. That is when do you guys start getting your divers in? Because I remember uh, I remember in the UP totally? be
1: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, same mean, time, ha- time.
1: Halloween weekend is usually when it starts heating up.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was we used I usually ended up like bow hunting a little bit for deer that first part of November and then by Thanksgiving if I wasn't on Little Bait and Ock I was you know not able to hunt physically (laughs) it was (laughs) like that's when the birds were just thick in there it seemed like so that's similar time frame that's
1: not that far either I have this vision in my head I have a, a, a vet's event that I actually have another spot uh, that I'm going to put this guy in, but I mean, we'll, we'll, if we have to go multiple weekends to make it happen, yeah. we'll do it. But I just have this like vision in my head of all the other guys in the boat, like when he knocks one down, just losing oh. their minds. You know? Oh, absolutely! <laughs> it'll be
0: it'll be awesome, dude. Yeah. You've got to make sure that you've got like somebody else next to you or behind you in another boat filming that somehow.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Maybe put a shot cam or a tactic cam on that shotgun, because mm-hmm. dude, I mean, I would, I would, I'd pay admission to see that video. That would be awesome. He, he, he's
1: like the coolest happy-go-lucky guy. Like I really hit it off with him. Like he's just, like he makes fun of himself, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, and I'm, I'm excited about this one. It'd be probably be like the biggest hunt of the year for me if we can make it happen. That's awesome, man.
0: Good for you for doing that. That is super cool. And, and if there's ever a time where we can help out with that, you know, or if we can host something out here, you want to do something out West or with veterans, let me know. I'd be totally down for that. I've got a good friend out here who's an awesome outfitter in this area. And I know he would, he would be totally down to help out with anything veteran related. And so would, so would I. So keep me in mind, keep me in mind for that man. Any way I can help, I'd 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 love to.
1: Awesome. Cool.
0: I'll do it. I'll let you go. I've been pestering you long enough, but I appreciate the time and the conversation.
1: Awesome. Thank you. All
0: right.